0: Welcome to KoozaCast, where we interview some of the most influential people in tourism from around the world. My name is Graham Watson, and I'm the founder of CUSA Global. The word CUSA means a new dawn, and in 2023, we want to find out just how our guests are working towards that new dawn. Join us and subscribe to future episodes, as we hope to inspire you with stories of strength and resilience in the tourism industry. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to another edition of Cousa Cast. Today, my guest is Quinton Smith, the managing partner of Cape Adventure Brands. How are you, Quinton?
1: Can't complain. Thanks, Graham. It's 30 degrees and clear skies in Cape Town. Oh, to beautiful.
0: Beautiful. Thanks so much. So I had the very, very uh, great fortune of being able to do one of your Bikes and Wines experiences about uh, a year ago during World Travel Market uh, Africa 2022. Um <laughs> You probably remember it because it was bucketing <laughs> down with rain, and
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I remember that day clearly. It was it was not uh, it was not the best of of cycling days. I can I can tell you that.
0: Especially to do like a like a fam and, and try and get get people to 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 learn learn about it, but but it was it was great. I, honestly, I mean, you know, it's uh, it was one of those experiences that uh, yeah, you it's it's a lovely thing. And then at the end, you know, you you we we had a, a beautiful meal and some lovely wine and in a, a warm restaurant. So yeah, it was uh, it was interesting. But that mu- that must happen to you quite quite a lot with the weather, doesn't it?
1: And I think with any outdoor and adventure-based activity, weather plays a huge role. Whether it's hiking or kayaking or cycling or abseiling, you know weather is is part of the experience to say. Yeah. Um, and and Cape Town being Cape Town, you can experience four seasons in one day. You can wake up in the morning and there's blue skies, and you you know have a cup of coffee, look out the window, and it's raining. You jump in the car and you get to where you're going, and it's blowing a gale, but not. And then you know three hours later, it's sunny again. So. Yeah. So weather's par part the course.
0: Great, yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's it's def- definitely is. So, just tell everybody um, listening who who you are and what what you've been up to in the tourism industry over the past few years.
1: So, so I'm yeah, my the company that I mentioned earlier, so Cape Adventure Brands. Um, it's a newly formed, so I would say, aggregator of of our own, either fully owned or co-owned industry recognized, diverse and then market leading activity and adventure specialists. Mm. So essentially we're acting as a as an umbrella company for outdoor and adventure based travel in Cape Town. So then sixty to ninety minutes drive, focusing on day tours, hiking, cycling, kayaking and outdoor adventure. Yeah, oh,
0: perfect, perfect. So, you've you've grown a lot. Um, you've you've added a a few more adventure activities in the past year and a bit. So maybe maybe tell us a bit about that with the, specifically with kayaking.
1: Uh, so, I mean, just to I think just to take a step back, we I've been involved now. This is my seventeenth year uh, involved in the tourism industry. I sort of fell into it by by virtue of the fact that it was a sideline job and a sideline hustle when I was working for a big corporate. I didn't enjoy the suit and tie and I decided to branch out and see, you know, what was out there in the big wide world. And as everything happens over a good glass or two or three of wine, (laughs) these crazy ideas um, and bikes and wines was launched. And that was the first venture that we got involved in, um, in in the travel and tourism industry and bikes and wines is celebrating its 17th year this year, obviously minus two for COVID. Um, And then with the onset of COVID, you know, with global travel shutting down, I had a lot of time to think, to strategize, to plan, to restructure. Um, and that's where the idea of Cape Adventure brands sort of came about, um, to act as a, as a distributor of our own, um, product, really, because it's a stamp of approval within the industry utilizing industry recognized names already. So about a year ago, I went into a a partnership with a colleague of mine who runs a, a, a boat touring company, Seal Island Cruises, and yeah. we launched Cape Town kayaks. yeah, so I was chatting to somebody the other day and you know, three or four years ago, cycling was the new Gulf. and I think now kayaking is the new cycling because yeah. there are, you know it doesn't matter where you are globally, just you know, there are kayak tours springing up left, right and center. and I think at the last count um there were 13 different kayak tour operators in the greater Cape Town area. Wow. So, yeah. It's, it's, it's quite a thing.
0: Okay. And and so and so describe that experience.
1: So we we operate out of Hout Bay. So, yeah. so we, we we launch out of the harbor. So it's very nice there. You know, it's a very sheltered, very protected um launch space. So not weather dependent. Yeah. Okay, good, <laughs> good. Because when you're on the water, rain is not so much of an issue, but wind is. You don't want to get a southeaster howling and blowing you off to the south of Antarctica. Yeah. Um, so, depending on the people's skill level and ability, it's it's called it's a sit on top. So you get two types of, of sea kayaks. You get a sit in, which is essentially you're sitting inside the boat and you've you've got a, a splash deck over you and you can get wet, or you get a sit on and a sit on. Basically, you just sit on top of the boat. It's it's a very broad, very stable. Um, Very user-friendly piece of equipment. And we head out through the harbor. Uh, We're very fortunate in Hout Bay. There's the SEAL rehabilitation uh, unit there. And we often see through, you know, paddling out across the bay to underneath the beautiful sandstone cliffs of Chapman's Peak. So -hmm. you've got these iconic 550, 600-meter-high sandstone cliffs that you're paddling to the base of before turning around and heading back into the harbor for a 90-minute to two-hour excursion.
0: Wow, that sounds awesome. Um, And fitness level-wise, is there anybody?
1: You know, same as any, you know, adventure-based experience. Again, I'm going to refer back to hiking or cycling, is fitness is relative. And you've always got to be accommodating of people's differing fitness levels. So depending on the guests on the day, the guide will accommodate their ability. We have, you know, experience is needed. So you don't need to know how to paddle the guide will obviously educate you and give you the basics and instruction in the morning um and if you are strong kayakers you just do more distance and if you're strong hikers if you're strong cyclists you end up doing more distance you end up doing things a bit more technical um but again fitness is a relative to me to you to professional mm-hmm. athletes um yeah. and the guides accommodate for all those needs Yeah.
0: So. yeah and of course it always depends on how the previous evening went to your your state of fitness
1: (laughs) the next morning Um, how many glasses of good cape red you've had yes
0: yes yeah so and also just tell us a bit about the the e-bike experience i was very impressed um looking to probably get get an e-bike for myself because it's just sometimes you just need that bit of extra oomph when you're going up a hill so just explain a bit how the e-bikes themselves work
1: yeah, so now e-bikes and cycling e-bikes are a revolution in in the cycling world uh, probably in the last four years four to five years if actually the demand for e-bikes has absolutely exploded on a global scale um in a nutshell an e-bike is a motorized bicycle it's a pedal assist bike so it assists you whilst you're pedaling and it has varying varying degrees of assistance so it's not the old moped style where you push a lever and you sort of putter along without pedaling an e-bike all modern e-bikes, you have to pedal, but then it can give you varying degrees of assistance uh, from 20 up to 100%. Mm. And then at the moment, I think South Africa, because of the South African laws, they're, they're electronically limited to a maximum of 25 kilometers an hour. And mm. that's a regulation. Then there's a couple of guys, that are the cowboys, who deregulate them to go really <laughs> fast. But but an e-bike, as you say, it's it's inclusionary. So anybody of any ability who knows how to cycle, can jump on an e-bike and you can ride along and uh we call it the the cherry tomato faced effect so you go you get to the top of a hill and you've been really huffing and puffing and pedaling away and somebody on an e-bike arrives next to you hmm. and they're fresh as a daisy they've yeah. put it into boost mode or put it into turbo mode um and it just takes the you know the the challenge out of out of riding a bike especially on a leisurely uh, wineland cycle tour. yeah
0: yeah no i mean i as i say i was very very impressed so what is a typical tour that you do for, for bikes and wines in particular
1: sure so bikes and wines um i mean i think the name speaks to itself again you, we've we've spoken about the fact that it's you know the, the southern cape western cape it's it's great food great wine friendly people so we've combined all of those into a into a holistic wineland cycling tour experience so it's, it's essentially good food great wine and amazing cycling mm. over the course of a day um the Western Cape is renowned globally for its for its vineyards, and we cycle through the vineyards. So it's a very it's a it's experiential tour. You're yeah. cycling through the vines, um, you know, in harvest time, which is happening right now as we speak. Guests will be cycling along from wine estate to wine estate. They'll be picking the grapes off the vines, tasting the grapes, feeling the soil, and then 15 minutes later, they'll be drinking the produce. Amazing, so, yeah no so,
0: no roads Say hey, no public roads or just through we the...
1: obviously geographically are limited but we we steer clear of roads as far as possible so is Stellenbosch which is where the, prim, the majority of our tours take place so Stellenbosch and Franschhoek are the two major regions but Stellenbosch 80 to 90 percent of the cycling that we do on a course of a day is over private farmland so crossing mm. up to 14 different wine farms um again Some large commercial estates, some boutique uh, family-owned, sort of kept in the family for four or five generations, through the vines, gravel roads, back roads, no
0: traffic. Yeah, that's, that's, um, that's great. So, the guests will get fetched in Cape Town, get taken to the Winelands area, or obviously if they're in the Winelands already, you'll fetch them from their hotel there, and... Yeah, I mean, so, and, then, and then you go cycling and wine tasting and there's a lovely lunch. So it really is a is a beautiful day. Is is there an age restriction?
1: Uh, for cycling, no. Um, for the kayaking tours, we have a limit of five years old. Uh, for okay, the well. cycling tours, we have dedicated family-friendly tours. So it's family-focused, where children as young as 12, 14, 16 months would join us on a tour um there's the full size curve and spectrum of bikes and buggies and half bikes and on the opposite end of the spectrum is the we don't really have an upper age limit um and the reason i say that is last week in fact we had an 89 year old and a 92 year old join us on a on a half day e-bike tour in frontchook
0: great wow yeah
1: i mean they they jumped on the bikes they they obviously you know i think the biggest struggle there was getting their legs over the the top bar <laughs> but but once they were on you know, this this ninety two year old gentleman, he's been cycling for sixty percent of his life, seventy yeah. percent of his life. And off he toddled, he put his bike into into turbo mode or into boost mode and you know, he was leading the pack at ninety-two years old. It's absolutely incredible to see.
2: Yeah.
0: No, I must say for anybody who hasn't had an e-bike experience, I would highly recommend it because it uh it, it it yeah, I mean it really is it it there is hardly any like physical effort if you don't want there to be and um just get you up those hills and uh it's it's all happy days um so just getting back to the last three years that uh of which we will probably not want to speak in a few <laughs> you know, I think everybody's still um and it, it, it's amazing how the almost every guest it's you know speaks about the resilience and and what they've learned about themselves what do you what do you think you learned about about yourself personally over the last three years considering everything oh, that's that's happened
1: i oh, know the last three years were fantastic what are you talking about <laughs> three, three, three uh three year sabbatical
2: yeah yeah <laughs> no that's <laughs> to, which to, think, cannot be to meditate
1: Yeah. Um and I think myself, like many others in the travel and tourism industry, um, it's, it's, it's an insular industry in the sense that, you know, people from outside don't really understand the effect that, that COVID had on, on us and on industry. Mm-hmm. Um, but within the industry itself, within the travel and tourism and hospitality industry, it's, it's, a, it's a global family. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, really taking from those three years, the fantastic friendships that have been formed and were forged over that period of time. And I can attest to the fact that I have gotten closer to a lot of industry colleagues who are now considered to be some of my best friends mm. thanks to COVID. So mm. taking the positive from that. Um, again, you know, what else can be taken out of the, the three years? I think again, you know, you mentioned it is resilience is we're inherently a resilient bunch and. You know, bouncing back to, to, to pre COVID levels has, has not necessarily been easy, but everything is taken in its stride. You know, it's another day, another challenge. And the typical South African psyche is just to make a joke of it with all of the other challenges that are happening, you know, nationally, national level, global level. Um, South African psyche, you know, there's. If something happens and five minutes later the internet is flooded with memes so <laughs> <laughs> absolutely that's, that's just that's just that's just what 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 happens here
0: yeah look it's it's um i think a lot of people are you know still trying to get back on their feet we certainly by no means uh through you know like i like i keep saying we all just waiting to take that uh to exhale and uh just say right that's over with now um and, and move on. I, I think a lot of businesses such as yourself, you must be seeing almost back to pre pandemic levels. Am I right?
1: Yeah, we've been very fortunate. Um, and that we're actually higher than pre pandemic levels. Um, wow. if we average out the last, so if it's a month on month comparison, um, we've, we are between 10 and 15% higher than our pre pandemic levels. Um, you know, people are going like, "Wow, that's amazing! That's incredible!" There's a couple of factors that can be attributed to, um, but I think one of the biggest, just say, contributing factors to that is we. There was this massive pent-up demand, mm. which, like a, a balloon exploding, so the dam wall overflowing, mm-hmm. um, and everybody wanted to travel at once, which led to challenges in itself. Um, I think leading on from that is. You know, we've we've come through now to I would say, what do we know, March? So January, February, March of last year was when we were starting to see the return to normal, we starting to see regular booking patterns emerge, starting to see COVID subsiding. And this I'm I'm not talking globally, I'm talking within our um sphere of influence here down in the Western Cape. Yeah. Airports were opening up, travel was becoming a lot easier. And and it just never subsided. Uh, typically, again, the Western Cape, we have a, a quiet quarter, which is from May, comes down. June for us is historically a very, very quiet month. And then July and August picks up with the, the Dutch and Belgian and German travel. And it was like the floodgates had opened. Mm. So we had this incredibly busy winter period, which historically we never would have had. That, you know, led to challenges of its own. Because staffing, you know, staff capacity and literally going from zero to hero in a space of three months after 24 months mm. of, of almost nothing. It's just, you know, keeping your head above water and making sure that you can get to the other end of season mm. so you can recoup, regroup, re-strategize and then move forward, yeah. which we're sitting on now. So I think us, like many of my, our industry colleagues on, on the operator side, um, are, are looking forward to. A quieter winter.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, I think everybody's in the just say yes and make it happen mode um, because <laughs> you kind of have to. Yeah.
1: Yes, you take business from where whence it comes, and then you make a plan to make it happen.
0: It sounds like it might be a good like uh, like bachelor party or hen's party kind of experience. Do you get a lot of those?
1: <laughs> We've had a few. We've had a few. Um, you know, typically the the bachelor suffers greatly because you yeah. give them a bicycle without a seat post oh my give them a gosh bike or, oh my uh, word. yeah boys tend to be a little bit more rowdy than 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 the ladies do um, we've had a good couple of ladies bachelorettes come through or hen parties um but they're far more sedate where they just would prefer to sit on the lawn and drink bubbles before cycling to another yeah. farm to farm yeah
0: yeah I know it's 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 I mean what so you you ran through briefly how you how you got got into the ad- adventure tourism um i mean are you would you say that your kind of day-to-day you you're a you're active and adventurous or you as as well and and what what you personally do
1: you know i'm sitting on the on the side of a podcast here there's no camera <laughs> so you can't really see it. no um i come from him again i'm talking now sort of 10 plus years back i used to be in my personal capacity, incredibly active. I used to race, it's called adventure racing. Yeah. So it's multidisciplinary, multi disciplinary, multi ultra distance endurance sport. Gosh. Where you're racing, Were you on a bike, on a boat, hiking through mountains uh, for four, five, six days at a time. And I was competing on an international level at this sport. Um, But that's all consuming. You know, it's you're, you're training 20, 30, sometimes up to 40 hours a week and then trying to fit in a normal life. So, uh, i had to sacrifice something and and i'd reached the i say the pinnacle but i'd reached a point at which i thought i'm going to hang up my my um competitive boots so to speak and now i still run i still cycle but i do it in a far more toned down approach yeah now i temper everything with a good glass or three of chardonnay afterwards <laughs>
0: yeah yeah well that's that's the that's the way to go you found the you found the niche there um so your, I mean, productivity-wise, how do you structure your day now? Because I know when I experienced your lovely product, you came personally to fetch us, uh, and that was quite quite early. So do you still take groups out yourself?
1: I try and avoid it as much as possible. Um, again, you know, if we're talking of, over the last sort of 36 months, pre-COVID, we had a team of 18 and that was guides, drivers, mechanics, operations, res, finance, etc. And I sort of just steered the boat. Through the period of 2020, 21, 22, the team went from 18 down to three. It was myself, my financial director, and I kept two, two senior guides on a part-time retainer. Unfortunately, we had to, as many did, retrench the majority of the team.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um and we're sitting back now. I think we're sitting on 13 staff on a permanent basis with, with the, the view to, to employ three to four more guides in the upcoming summer, October season going forward. Um, me getting out on a tour, I do that every now and then. I do it more just to, to keep a finger on the pulse, to, mm. to, to keep in touch with what's happening on the ground. I think it's absolutely vital. Um, my day to day is not getting out on a bike and drinking wine although I would love it to be that. Yeah. It's you know it's business development. Yeah. It's business it's just steering the ship in the right direction. Yeah. Uh, and overseeing and making sure that the guys on the ground are giving 110% on a daily basis. So.
0: Yeah, it's great to see you so often in the in the UK and we hope to see you a lot more this year as well. Um yeah, I think it's uh, definitely a good uh you, you, yeah, you've got some some great products. So, in terms of, in terms of technology and and how that's grown during the pandemic, what uh, what how have you implemented new new technologies into your business?
1: Yeah, I, I must admit, I'm I'm a, I'm a bit of an undercover nerd, a bit of a techno geek when it comes to t- tech stack. You and me both. This, yeah. And that, yeah, don't feel bad. Not, embrace it. It's not it's not public knowledge. Yeah, <laughs> um, I. You know, from a from a personal capacity, we've we've or from a business side, so not capacity, from a business aspect, we've really we've worked hard to automate as much of the business process as possible without losing that personal touch. Mm. So when it comes to agent bookings or direct bookings via a website, you know, it's 80% automated, but but that human touch at the end of the day is absolutely critical because of the industry we're in. We've steered clear of um, chatbots and those automated responses, not for any reason other than I, when I'm making a booking, doing something, I want to be able to speak to a human at the end of the line. Yeah. So, you know, we've got um, WhatsApp is integrated into all of our communications platforms. Um, our actual booking process is completely automated where you can just log on select your dates because there's live availability, click and book and pay. But the moment you do that, that flicks us over to there's a, an API integration into WhatsApp. And then once the booking is made, there's a one-on-one communication with the res team. So um, we use a variety of, of um, aftermarket or third-party software outside of the website to make that happen. Um, but again, there's no one size fits all solution and Channel distribution and res tech at the moment is absolutely exploding on a global yeah. scale. Um, but, but operators, and I'm saying operators, I'm talking like the guy on the ground, not so much the DMCs. Everybody's structure is different and there's no one size fits all solution with any of the res tech software out there. So we've mixed and matched as best as possible. Obviously keeping costs in mind because your, your costs can absolutely explode if you bundle five, six, seven different software packages together. Mm. Um, and as a small business, you've always got to be mindful of those expenses, especially when it comes to off-season. Mm. So sort of cobble together something that best fits us. And we've found that, you know, there's we've actually gone into custom development. So we've spent large amounts of money up front doing custom development on, our, on, the, on the various websites. And then off that custom development, we've added on uh, existing – tech to, Mm -hmm. to make things work.
0: Mm -hmm. And, and out in the, out in the field, what's, what's happening, what's happening there with the, you know, the actual guides and, um, in any uh, bikes, I mean, you know, in terms of how that's developing and technology.
1: (laughs) Again, you know, you've touched on e-bikes, um, I think globally, um, kayaking tours, uh, foodie walking tours and, and e-bike tours are leading the charge when it comes to outdoor adventure mm. or accessible activity adventure. Uh, not just in South Africa, but, 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 but globally. Um, it, take all of that away. At the end of the day, um, doesn't matter how technologically advanced you are or how tech savvy you are. It's the guide. Mm. It's the, the, the guy on the bike, in the boats, on the trail in front of you, who's going to make or break your product. Mm. So. You know, they can have all the technological assistance needed. You can have those in-ear walking earphones. You can have GPX routes that are preloaded on tours. Mm-hmm. You, there's 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 dozens of of facets that you can explore. But at the end of the day, it's the human capital. It's the human influence. It's the friendly guide. It's the smile on arrival. It's the competence. It's the education that they have. And it's the d- experience that they deliver. So take all the tech away. The, I personally believe that that the guide, The guy on the ground or or girl on the ground delivering that experience um, is what will make or break a product and not the tech behind it.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of focus on, on SME development around the world. What advice can you give aspiring entrepreneurs who are interested in starting their own adventure travel company?
1: Ask, 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 ask. Question, question, question. Don't be shy. Reach out. There's so many platforms that are out there where people, you know, you're not reinventing the wheel you don't have to cut your teeth yeah by bashing your head against a brick wall get out there don't be shy ask questions yeah. um and I, th- I think if i can speak from personal experience is i've worked that journey yeah. uh, a couple of years ago, decade ago whenever it may be Is i was the guy who was going what is this what is a net rate what is sto what is RAC? what is <laughs> what is a dmc you know you know the acronyms are they never ending and yeah. Just, just put your hand up and say, guys, you know, please tell me, what do you do in a situation like this? Why do you do it this way? Why do you do it that way? Yeah. Uh, and then take from it what you can.
0: Yeah. And the, the most rewarding thing, you know, I started my own business during COVID. And the most rewarding thing is when somebody gives you advice or is willing to impart knowledge that is technically – Competitor knowledge, you know what I mean? So they're yeah. telling you how to compete against them. And, um, you know, it's, and that's, that's the one of the best things. And that's what I've always, that's what I'm trying to do as well. It's, it's just, just help, help, you know, there's enough room for, for everybody. And I think if you're confident enough in what, what you're doing yourself and, you know, you're not worried that helping someone's going to then in the long term affect your own business.
1: No, you—you even hit the nail on the head there. I think, um, you know, I would rather grow the pie and have a bigger piece of the bigger pie than keep the pie all to myself. And it's, you know, absolutely tiny. Yeah. The more competition is good. Competition is healthy. There's ethical competition and there's unethical competition. But somebody sticking their hand up and asking a question and saying, "Why are you doing it this way? Or how are you doing it? Or tell me what you do?" You know, that's not. That's yeah, different story um getting somebody involved and 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 again my personal ethos graham is not is not to say do it this way it would be to share an experience that i've had and why i did it a certain way and from that whoever's taking it they can extrapolate or take from it what they want
0: yeah no no absolutely um do you get to experience other people's products either in south africa or around the world that are similar to yours
1: um, You know, I've I've had the fortune of traveling globally for the last decade, Um, and I've made a point of tagging on a holiday, even if it's four or five days, whenever I'm traveling for business. So I'm, I'm doing a, a sales trip to the UK or sales trip to South America, wherever it may be. It's a long way to go. It's a long way to travel. There's a lot of intensive work. And then I say, right, so I've done my five or six or eight days of trade shows or 10 days of trade shows and interaction, and then I go – and I say, right, so now let's go and see what somebody in south of London is doing on a bike tour. Yeah. Um, and just benchmark us. I don't, I don't necessarily do it to 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 learn new ways of doing things, but I do it to benchmark us mm. A as a product and B as a destination. You know, the Western Cape, in my humble opinion, t- ticks all the boxes, yeah, when it comes to to travel global. We have amazing views we have incredible food we have friendly people we've got sunshine we've got wide open spaces and blue skies we've got unfortunately for us but great for you on the pound and the dollar we've got yeah. a very uh, a great currency to come and spend money in so i see no reason why we should not be at the forefront of global travel yeah and just just to benchmark so just coming back is to benchmark us against global destinations, whether it's cycling in Mallorca or uh boat cruises in Greece, you know, whatever it may be, to so say, where are we and how are we doing things? And a lot of the time, you know, we're doing things a lot better yeah. than, than than global than businesses elsewhere, especially on service delivery.
0: Yeah. No, I mean it's it's uh I mean I've realized that when working in like the entertainment industry. It's uh Everybody always assumes that the rest of the world is doing it better, but uh, you know, when, when you get out there, you know, you realize that you know South Africans or Africans in general are the products are are, are first class, you know, top notch, and uh, we mustn't always assume that we can learn, uh, you know, from from the big wide world because it's it's better, it's it's not necessarily better it's just that it's different and we can learn different ways of of doing things um yeah um I, as as you say i'm very uh very um techno as well and so there there's so many lovely tools that uh, that we can now all use to to help uh, to help automate the way we do things in the back office to help the what we do out there in the big wide world a lot a lot better i'll definitely be um yeah, the next time you're in the UK, let's go let's go e-bike shopping. I think so.
1: <laughs> on your credit card. Please. Yeah, well,
0: there definitely will have to be a credit card. Yeah, <laughs> the debit card might bounce. But uh, yeah, it's 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 um it's uh it's interesting, and also the 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 batteries. I mean, that's that's. I mean, everybody's now on these batteries are being used for everything now, even cars. Um, it must it must uh i mean that's that's a huge thing i mean charging them up and making sure that it's got enough charge to to go that uh, logistics wise it must be a bit of a nightmare for you
1: logistics logistics any i mean speak again not not necessarily just bicycles graham but if you speak to any operator who has a product with moving parts yeah. mechanical or not moving parts you know they're always banging their head against the wall, pulling their hair out because this is broken or that is not done or this is a issue. I think it's 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 part of the course based on on the product that you're offering. Yeah. Um, you know whether it's a boat, whether it's a bike, whether it's a jeep, whether it's a Land Rover. It's you know something breaks down and all of a sudden your your size curve of ten bicycles of small, medium, large, extra large. Two of them break. You know you, you you've lost twenty percent of your capacity and that's two smalls out of the fleet. So now you've got to hustle, you've got to find a spare this you've got to find a, a new screen you've got to find a new this you've got to find a new that yeah um so yeah logistically it is a challenge, but you know it's 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 horses for courses and it's part of the course um One thing I can say you know specifically when it comes to South Africa and the southern African market is that we can't compete against some places like the us and and europe when it comes to sheer volume of travelers mm. so a lot of the time tech and a lot of the time um product that's adopted successfully in the united states or in europe or in the uk it it would fall flat on its face here just because we don't have the the, the sheer volume of numbers needed to drive the success of that product you know something like you know, Stripe payments or Revolut payments uh, or there's there's dozens, um, you know, when it comes to those car rental apps or um, the Lime scooter app. Yeah. We just don't have the the volume of people that make something like that viable. And, you know, there's a bit of a lag. There's a tech lag. Yeah. There's a bit of a, whether it comes to e-bikes. Um, and this, you know, I always, I quote this stat quite often. So there's a company in, um Mallorca they're a bike rental company bike to a rental company they've got a rental fleet of 4,000 Trek Madones wow that's that's one company Hmm. and each one of those bikes retails probably in South African rands for about 70 to 80,000 rand these guys have 4,000 of them and every single one of those bikes is rented out every single day for a four month period over their peak season. Now that's one operator who probably has more bikes than all of the bike shops and all of the rental companies in the entire South Africa.
0: Yeah. Combined. Yeah.
1: Combined. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's a purely from a volumes basis. And when it comes to supply chain, you know, we are a pimple on the end of the supply chain. We are a small, we are the guys at the end who have to beg for spares and beg for parts. Yeah. Um, So, so there's those struggles come, you know, when it comes to especially cyclists and cycling, um, and the supply chain crunch that originated with COVID. Um, There were there were bike shops or there were wholesalers here who were waiting up to nine months to get components and spare parts shipped in. Mm. So now this is a wholesaler who's servicing the entire South Africa who's struggling to get parts. You know, you've got to place your order nine months in advance just to make sure that you have spares on the shelf for if and when something breaks down. Mm. So yeah, logistically it, it is a bit of a challenge. But yeah, we have sunshine three hundred and sixty days a year. So yeah. I'll take
0: that. That's great. <laughs> what is the what's the long term strategy? Are you looking to to add more 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 products or are you kind of just cooling it down for now? I mean, obviously launching the kayaks must have been quite a thing. Is is there more in the pipeline?
1: Um, yeah, so the kayaks was the one. Um And we didn't even touch that uh, in October last year, we actually acquired, we actually purchased another bike to a company, we bought them out from, from another, they guys were wanting to close down, wanting to shut down. So we bought that in, and we added that to the fleet. So that's complementary to the bikes and one side of things. So at the moment, we've got in the Cape Adventure brands portfolio, it's the kayaking it's bikes and wines it's iRide Africa so iRide Africa is the company that we bought it's a very established brand as well but it plays in a completely different segment of the market it's private guided premium uh, road and mountain bike rentals and tours okay so whereas bikes and wines would speak to the everyday traveler who wanting to get out on a bike and do a wine tour on a bicycle, I iRide Africa is for the guy who wants to come out and he knows what he's doing he knows how to ride And he wants the best of the best when it comes to equipment-wise. So with that, and then uh, the intention in the next, I think, by April, I'm going to touch wood with that one, Mm -hmm. is we've got a a walking and hiking tour brand that's going to be launched to market. And again, they're all complementary to each other. So it's all outdoor and adventure-based activities within 90 minutes of Cape Town. So leveraging off our existing products and our existing infrastructure, but just a different medium or different mode of transportation, yeah. and then I'm gonna have a well earned break <laughs> you
0: say that, and then something else will come along it's uh, yeah there's uh, entrepreneurship and and holidays don't don't tend to go hand in hand, do they?
1: no no, they don't yeah yeah,
0: yeah, I always just look at uh old elon our little South african Elon musk he's a... Uh, yeah he's he's definitely not a fan of of um you know worrying about rest too much. It's always like just go 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 you're not gonna be the richest man in the world if you if you don't you know sleep for four hours and sleep in the factory that's his big thing you know like you know so every yeah, time every awesome. time i every time I feel like oh you know it's important to rest and take i think well you know you don't you don't get to be super successful if you um if you if you do but uh you know it's finding that balance i suppose and uh that big that the when the word retirement comes along then you can say well that was well earned i suppose
1: that's that's a few years off um oh absolutely i've got a couple i've got a couple of years left in me before before i hang up my boots
0: yeah 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 so that's all me too yeah so it's uh it's um but it's been a, it's incredible um to see how we've all kind of banded together as you said you know you've now made uh sort of lifelong friends out of the out of the partnerships you formed during covid it's very um it's been a very interesting time and uh it's it's there's so many people that are tentative tentative optimism like i, I call it because it's it's you know you're kind of just thinking oh well the The bookings are looking great and everything, but then you just kind of just in the back of your mind waiting for something to go wrong. I think we've, we need to get over that a lot.
1: Yeah. I think, I think people's psyches were damaged. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm more for the, the less tentative optimism. I'm more for the optimistic optimism. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think the big thing with, with, with travel and tourism was, was the lack of certainty. Oh, yeah. I think the lack of certainty and allowing, allowing again the people on the ground the operators the the hotels the the vehicle guys is the opportunity to plan and to forecast and say right or not i can confidently expect that i'm going to have x number of travellers coming through my doors in the next 12 months yeah and i think i think that's returned to to normal again i think i can say that with confidence that we are getting as a day tour operator we were already getting bookings for 2024 great which you know, it really, it's inspiring, and it 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 allows me to sleep better at night because I know yeah. that if I'm spending the money now, buying a new bikes, buying a new cars, training new guides, growing this, the 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 staffing component and the res team or whatever it may be, is that the business is already there. The business is going to continue to flow and continue to be there in 2023, 2024, and on to 2025. Um, and I'm not, I'm not one person in a boat that everyone said it in the same direction in that regard.
0: Yeah. I think there's a lot of, there's going to be a lot of, a lot more checks and balances now for, for, for lockdown rules and all that kind of stuff. It's, um, you know, just watching the news in the UK over the last few days, there's been very interesting discoveries. Yeah. Allegations (laughs) and discoveries and, uh, about, yeah, about, um, what was going on and, uh, you know, and were the were the lockdowns necessary? Were the masks necessary? So I think now that everybody can can hope, you know, we 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 in a hindsight mode now, and which is fantastic uh, to to um to be able to do that, uh, you know. I, I just think that yeah, you know, there's too many checks and balances, and I think a lot of people would just refuse to to do it. You know, it's to allow a few people sitting around a table um, to affect your business that you've worked your entire life for and. Um. Yeah. It's gonna. It's. I don't. I don't know. I don't think it's gonna happen again in the next. In the next.
1: Not in. Our, not touch wood. Not yeah. in my lifetime. Yeah. But we're not. Pl- we're not planning for it. We're not. We, you know. We're. 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 For all intents and purposes, that's out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. Pref- preferred to forget. And for us, everything is just focusing on the future and yeah. going from strength to strength. Hopefully.
0: No, it's great to see the adventure. Uh, getting. The adventure sector getting so much attention. Sats has even just formed a new, a new chapter, um, the yeah. adventure chapter. Yeah, so there's, uh, it's great to see that um, that take off. Um, are you planning on so, when in terms of expansion, you're just going to stick around the the Cape region, or are you looking at other areas of the country?
1: Um and like I said for now we're going to just consolidate within the Western Cape. The intention is so under the Cape Adventure brand's portfolio will be um 60 to 90 minutes from I say the centre of the universe which is Cape Town. Uh,
0: ah, no that's Durban <laughs> brother.
1: <laughs> 60 to 90 minutes sort of day trips, half day trips and maybe sort two or three days um up the coastline. But yeah, to focus on the Western Cape for now, purely because I, I believe so passionately in what we have to offer in the Western Cape. Yeah. I've mentioned it already. It's, it's the people, it's the food, it's the wine, it's the vistas, it's the ability to get out into the middle of nowhere when you're literally 90 minutes drive from the city yeah. and it feels like you're halfway across the globe in the middle of the jungle. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think there's a lot more potential that's that untapped potential in the Western Cape. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the focus in the short to medium term will be, yeah, and then, then, we, then we take on the rest of the country and see what happens after that.
0: What do you think still needs to change? There's a lot of, a lot of positivities comes out of COVID, but is there anything that you would think, well, you know, if this were this way, it, our lives and the lives of everybody else in the tourism industry, the actual traveler would just be so much better?
1: Oh, that's I think that's a discussion that we have over a, over a bottle of red wine there's, there's, <laughs> you mean, there's a lot
0: there's a lot yeah a lot you don't want to record.
1: <laughs> there's a lot there's a lot that, that that needs to change. There's a lot that should have changed already um, but inherently human beings are resistant to change yeah They're resistant to taking you know, everyone takes the path of least resistance or just goes rote and routine and do what they do on a daily basis. Which is not always the best thing, especially when it comes to um, our socio-economic output in, in, in Southern Africa. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think in the short term, I think as a country, we are facing a couple of uphill battles. Um, chief amongst that being the the lack of power.
0: Especially for an e-bike company. How does that affect <laughs>
1: Especially for an e-bike company? Yeah. You know, we you know, we just give people bikes with half charged batteries and we just we say you're gonna push the rest of the way. The no. no, no, no. We've we're partly off-grid in that regard. So we charge the bikes as and when are needed. Um and they don't use you know, we're not it's not, we're not a large commercial power user. Yeah. So when the when the power is on, it's sufficient to charge. But I think you know th- especially with the UK and I've never understood why is South Africa gets an incredibly bad rap in the media. Media always loves to talk smack and they pick on the the rubbish stories. Yeah. yeah. And, And, but then when people arrive here and they go, you've got such an incredible country, you know, I hear so many bad things about it, but it's the reality is, is the complete opposite. Yeah. I think that's something that needs to change. And that's something that us as an industry, as a, as a South African collective need to, sort of band behind and really force that message across Yeah, and take on the the international media and the negative media and say, you know, what you, what you, what you're selling is sensationalism. The reality is very different. Please speak the truth.
0: Yeah. And I think there are a lot of journalists coming, coming through a lot of travel writers. Uh, we've just had Richard quest. Uh, I think he did a great, uh, a great job from CNN, uh, coming, coming out. There's, uh, Eugene Levy's just been out to South Africa in his Netflix. He, he's,
1: yes, he's had one, and I'm, I think Tom Cruise. Tom I Cruise mean, did, did a it. good
0: job. Yeah, I mean he, yeah. he spoke about Ubuntu, and uh, yeah, so there's just um, a lot, a lot of um, a lot of a lot of good things. You know, Africa in, in general, it's uh, I think a lot of people now. It's it's yeah, I mean they're just wanting to give back, and um, it's a it's a great. I mean, I've traveled a lot in the last year. Actually, probably more than any other year, oddly enough, twenty twenty two, throughout Africa. I've got partners in uh, Uganda, and that's that's another thing. In uh, Uganda, I never realized that's an adventure tourism destination as well. People just think, you know, gorillas. You don't realize that there is big five, uh, game viewing, white water rafting on the Nile River. I mean, that's that's awesome. I mean, so there's so much. Uh, so much to do in Africa in terms of of adventure and it's great to see you at the at the forefront of that I'm looking forward to seeing all the other <laughs> ideas
1: I wouldn't say forefront but thank you very much for that compliment oh, uh, we well, just, we just, we're just we just doing what we're doing as best we can and and uh, you know oh, well, good things come from it
0: yeah no good good I've always I've always said be the be the trendsetter not the trend follower and You know, I think the more, the more you can come up with things, um, the sustainability is a huge thing. So, you know, if you can figure out how to get, uh, off the grid and, uh, you know, in in terms of, of anything, I'm sure there's going to be lots of self-charging batteries, especially in the, in, in the e-bike world. Um, someone's going to figure that out. Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of good things, a lot of good things happening. And, uh. Um are you what's your international travel like this year or are you trying to take it a bit easy uh,
1: To be honest I have not given that much thought um for us international travel at the moment we just want to get through this quarter again we've got in terms of trade shows we've got a couple local trade shows that we're attending yeah um obviously world travel market um and then uh, travel in Darbo and Durban yeah and that that brings us to I think May and then mm-hmm. I, only after May will I sit down again and sort of regroup. Yeah. purely. I, I, you know, last year I was in the UK two or three times. Um, I was, yeah, very busy outside of the Western Cape. Um, but the fact that we've piled on so many new companies and so many new brands and activities means that it's all hands on deck here. Um, and international travel might be curtailed for a year mm. and maybe end of 2023, Beginning of 2024, head over to Europe. Now our, our big source markets are mainland Europe, so Benelux and the DAC markets, uh, the UK and the United States. Yeah, interesting. Uh, so sort of to retouch base with people there. But but for now, there's been no discussion. There's been no thought. It's all just get through the season unscathed, get the brands out there on the local side, uh, and then we tackle that. Yeah, in the next half of the year.
0: So, with all the merging of brands and uh, buying of new ones and developing of new ones, where where's the best central place to go on the web to get a bit more information and to even book?
1: Um. So, each if to get general information about each of the different companies, it's capeadventurebrands.co.za. Yeah. And then from there, you can branch off into each specific company with its activities and book directly online.
0: Okay. Yeah, great. And then for the international travellers, you know, just just keep bikes and wines and uh, Cape Cape kayaking. What what? Cape Town kayaks. Cape, Cape Town kayaks, uh, and all the other uh, brands in in mind when you when you're talking to your travel professional planning your trip. Um, certainly is a is a great a great day out. You'll remember it. And uh, Quinton, thanks for joining me. And uh, I hope, uh, yeah, I hope to watch the the business grow and uh, hopefully be able to take part in a bit more uh, of your activities while my body still can. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. And thanks so much for having me. Um, it's a, uh, it's, it's a, it's a great thing you've got going here and it's, it's inspirational to listen to, to all of the other travel professionals that you've had on the show. Yeah. Sort of glean inspiration from them as well. So, the invite's always open. Um, I'll make sure that you get an e-bike with a charged battery when you come out next time. <laughs> so come Thank and I'd say uh, I'd lift the blinds up now and show you the the blue skies and thirty degree weather. You are sitting in oh, rainy perfect. London.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's a,
1: we, I we, wouldn't we, want to we, make you jealous. We're
0: getting an Arctic blast or something coming this week. So um, you know, it's uh, yeah, it's um, very very interesting how how different it is. But I will be coming out for Indaba, so I'll see you there. Um, and yeah, trying to. Trying to just get the, you know, work, work the work the best of both. Get get South Africa and or Africa and uh, and um, the UK in. And, um, and again, if you ever wanted to experience any of the products that I um, represent, you're more than welcome to. Uh, I just invited Cindy Muller out to Burundi, <laughs> so we're launching Burundi uh, with Pinnacle Africa. Well, not launching it. We sort of uh, showcasing it. Um, soon in the UK and yeah if ever you want to go whitewater rafting down the Nile just give us a shout man it's uh, yeah
1: I'll take you up on that one thank you yeah
0: alright thanks uh, Quentin. thanks for your time we'll chat soon great thanks man.
2: bye bye
1: thanks for tuning
0: into Coozacast where we explore the world of tourism with leaders from all corners of the globe Join me, Graham Watson, for future episodes as we dive into the latest trends and insights from the industry. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating, and we'll see you next time on Kuzacast.